You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to my first show. Today's guest is a really singular individual. I don't even know what to call him. A personality, an actor, an influencer, a television star, a YouTube star, a man of the theater, a producer, um, and probably one of the brightest lights in my life and probably yours because of his positivity and optimism that we all really need right now. That is shine bright like a Frankie, Frankie Grande. That's the nicest intro ever. Oh my God, I'm like crying over here. I was like, I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for having me on your show. I love you. I've missed you. How are you? <laughs> oh God, I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there. Um, you know, doing things like talking to my friends on a podcast that hopefully many people get to listen to actually makes me do better. Absolutely. Oh my God. Absolutely. I think, um, as artists and as people uh, in the theater anyway, like being creative right now is like our number one, uh, source of calm and serenity. It is at least for me, it's like, Oh, this, this at least makes, makes me feel like I'm doing something that, um, can get me through, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess that's sort of my first question for you. Cause you, I mean, I'm pretty social, but you are like <laughs> the epitome of a social being. So I think, true. I think, I think strangers probably lift you and drive you and you can't be around them or touch them or near them. And how, how are you getting through this? You're a hundred percent correct. Um, I, and so, you know, it also makes me feel, um, very ill-equipped to deal with being in public situations in the pandemic because I am, um, a person with no boundaries. I'm a person who like lives to like, you know, um, give hugs and like kiss babies and sign autographs, like whatever you want, like I'll do it. I feel like I'm always a person that loves to be like with people and like, as you said, strangers. So, um, it's so different for me to like see a person and instead of running towards them, be like, I have to run away from them. That's so weird. It's so counterintuitive to the way that I've been 
put onto this earth. Yeah. Um, but I, um, how have I been coping? Actually, I started um, a Twitch channel and mm. that actually really started, that helped me because I get to like interact with, um, you know, strangers and fans and, and friends um, mm-hmm. as much as I want, which is really, uh, that's been kind of helpful to me, you know, like getting to talk to them in the chat, see what they're talking about and like just kind of being very conversational. It's kind of like a podcast, but where the people get to talk back to you the whole time. Is that where Dreamroll stemmed from, your new digital series, or was that a different idea? No, Dreamroll was a different idea that was brought to me by Broadway On Demand. Um, yeah, by Scott Price. And you know Scott. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, Scott, who, you know, obviously produced Rocker Ages with uh, Matt. Um, yeah, and he was, was working on this uh, project, and he came to me and was like, hey, do you want to host Dreamroll slash, you know, create it? kind of you know birth dream role into this world (laughs) and I was like yes of course sure it sounds great and that's just been something that has been uh really fun because uh I like to see what other people I always think about what my dream role would be like all the time but it is fun to like dive into the minds of like somebody else and see what they've always wanted to play um and what they would play if the world had no um societal or theatrical constraints um in in their lives you know in the world i love that you are thinking about that right now at the same time totally unrelated to the fact that i launched this podcast which is like connected to that idea what Ooh. what roles did we start with what where did we begin in our early days of of theater and what and what is our dream role for the future that's we're going to get to that that's actually the fourth question that we ask every guest on my first show so when I first watched your one of your episodes I was like again Frankie and I on the same wavelength same page (laughs) same page I love it I love (laughs) it me too I mean so just going back to Rock of Ages which you mentioned um uh, unlike many of us, I think you were starring in a show on March 10th and 11th and then weren't, right? So yes. can you take us through that week and how it all felt? Yeah, it was, um, my goodness, it was so weird. So I have um, uh, several doctors in my life. My, my father is a doctor um, and, you know, through um, just being a human being like I have like a really good doctor that I really really rely on because you're not um, a robot you need a no, doctor I'm, exactly I'm a I'm a, I'm a ro- I'm not a robot and I have a really great general practitioner and he's so so smart and as soon as the pandemic came across mm-hmm. um he sent me an email that was like hello and I was like hi and he was like um just to let you know I don't think you should be going to work anymore and I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you know, because he understood the nature of my show. So Rock of Ages at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood was an interactive, immersive show. So there were 200 people in a very small room. And I was going through the audience, touching audience members, sitting down at their tables, interacting. It wasn't like a proscenium Broadway show where there was like, there's the actors and these, these are the audience members. Plus, our dressing rooms were very tight quarters. Um, you know, it was like, it was, it was amazing. (laughs) It was wonderful. I loved it. But, um, you know, it was a little bit like Le Poisson Rouge doing intentions. um, Yes, exactly. It was very much like that. Um, on like, you know, like uh, with a different setting because like the space was built for Rock of Ages, but still there was that intimate 
setting. And um, my doctor literally was like, I don't think you should be going to work. And I was like, what? I was like, and he was like, yeah, like this is going to get really serious really soon. And so, you know, I literally said to uh, Matt Weaver and to Scott, and I was like, listen, guys, my doctor doesn't want me coming to work anymore. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, well, why don't you just like take the week off and then we'll figure out uh, what to go from there and just see what, like, see what your doctor's talking about. Like, ever, no one knew anything. Like, my doctor's yeah. so smart and so ahead of the curve. Totally. Um, and so I uh, took a week of, like, whatever, medical leave, if you will. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. before that week was over, the show had closed. Yeah. Because, like, within, it was, information was coming so quickly. So I was like, I, I let's say it was Monday that I was like, I did my last show on... Yeah. Uh, I think it was w that Wednesday night. Um, and then by the next Monday, the show was closed. Oh so God. it was so nuts. And um, and your doctor was right because my doctor was people, right. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know if you remember this. I was talking to someone about this recently. March 2nd was when Mayor de Blasio came out and said, everyone, please live your lives. Everyone go about your business. Everyone, please continue acting normal. And yeah. he was wrong. Yeah, okay. I know. And I, I, Scott and Matt were so wonderful. They were like, oh, my God, please. Like, let's just, do, yeah, like, take your time. Like, we want you in the show. So, like, don't yeah. feel like you have to, like, leave or anything. We'll do whatever. And I was like, great. And then, yeah. you know, and then once the world medical community, well, I would say the world at large caught up to the elite medical community. Right. Um, the, the show is closed. <laughs> right, right. Is it coming back? Do you know what the future of the show is? I mean, it's closed, closed now. So we don't know. We have no idea. Um, again, like I know, you know, uh, live theatrical experiences will be the last to rebound. Um, and I think of those live theatrical experiences, immersive will be the last <laughs> of that yeah. to rebound. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be, you know, Broadway, immersive, and then um, strip clubs yeah. in that order. Seriously, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. Man, if, if only strip clubs could open first. I'd, so much. I'd, I'd get right back. I'd be right back to being making my old You'd paycheck. You'd be right back on that pole. Exactly. <laughs> Especially since Rock of Ages is a strip club. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so sad. <laughs> and, and what is every day like since is, has it changed have you had a phase experience in these last six months where like month two felt like this but month four was this yes absolutely um i think there was this like overwhelming surge of productivity in the beginning um, which was amazing. You know, like I was like very much like everyone is scared. Everyone is um, feeling a certain type of way. And like when I um, am faced with a challenge in my life, like I, my first thing is like, how do I make other people laugh? How do I be of service? How do I help? Um, and so I really, that was my like big goal in the beginning. Um, well, so it's almost like <laughs> just thinking about it like I'm just kind of thinking about like social media and you can actually kind of see on my social media how my months have gone <laughs> so, like it was like I was super creative in the beginning I did bathroom talent show I was like creating these funny videos uh, that became viral and that people really were enjoying and stuff um and then um once you know the, the with 
the murder of George Floyd, um, everything on my social switched to activism. You know, like I've always been someone that's been unbelievably active, like always speaking up for the little guy, always have a cause. Like that's always me. I always do charity work. Um, so, you know, as soon as the call was put out by the black community, I was like, I am here. I am answering. Like I'm standing with you. Let's go. Um, and so then, yeah. you know, it was, everything was about activism, Black Lives Matter, educating, giving people tools in order to be able to combat, like, hatred. And meanwhile, this is all happening during a pandemic, which was like, that's yeah. crazy. I, I love all that. And I love learning about you, as do our audience and our listeners. So let's get into it. Um, okay. Frankie, what was the first show you ever saw wow first show i ever saw um was definitely little shop little shop shop. you never stop the terror go to cop little shop oh 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 yeah for sure where when who was Um, it it was the off-broadway run i was seven years old i want to say um, so I, my God, I don't remember who was in it. I have absolutely no idea, but I do remember the plant coming out at the end of, uh, the show. I remember being very close. My mom, my mom would always take me to Broadway shows when I was a kid. We would mm-hmm. go like every weekend we would have like, uh, we lived in New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, right on the opposite side of the GWB. So she would literally just like we would just drive right over and go see a show and that she started this tradition uh, around seven years old with me. Um, you know, she took me to my first concert was Billy Joel and Elton John mm. and then followed right by um, Madonna's girly show. Uh, <laughs> and, and somewhere in there was a little chop of horrors. So like, it was like a very strong, like, m- a lot of influences, a lot of me being like, I want to do all of that. Like, I want to do all of that. I think still to this day, I remember that Elton John had a spotlight mm. that was actually a gobo with the Versace Medusa on it. And I lost my mind. I was like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, oh my God. And then of course there was Madonna and then little shop. And I remember, um, the plant coming out for like, look out, here comes Audrey too. Audrey too. And it would come out over the audience. And that was when I was, when I was hooked, I was like, wow, whatever this magic is, yeah. where like, um, a gigantic magical plant can come to life and come out over the audience and like, take me into its world. That's what I want to do. I want to be a part of that. I mean, seven years old for little shop is bold that's a bold move yeah my mom took me to child's play when i was seven years old like my mom raised me like an adult i was she's a ceo of many businesses and you know that um manufacture telecommunications for navy coast guard and cruise ships so i was a little seven-year-old boy in an armani suit sitting next to each other sitting next to my mother at meetings with admirals of the United States Navy. So like I, she didn't treat me like a kid. That's for sure. Mm. That's um, how you I got mean, your nautical skills. Exactly. That's why I know <laughs> how to turn to the port and to the starboard. <laughs> um, I think it's really amazing that your influential childhood memories are Madonna, Elton John, 
yeah. and musical theater and, and yep. Little Shop of Hearts. Like that to me, like if someone was like, hi, Eva, meet Frankie Grande. What do you think he watched when he was a child? I'd be like, Madonna, Elton John, and Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I never really thought about it like that until this very podcast. And I was like, oh, wow, no, that really does make a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. And it's like, at the same time that I didn't, I was treated like such an adult, like I was also treated like such a child. I think it was mm-hmm. just like, I had such a rich um coloring box when I was a kid like I got all the colors right Mm -hmm. up front and it was pretty awesome so what does that mean treated like a child you were given also given the opportunity to you know play explore have imaginary friends um you know like run like go through parks and um have uh play dates and also um go to Disney World and play video games like I was I wasn't really um, there was nothing that I was not allowed to do because of my age, you know? Um, but that included all the kids stuff and all the adult stuff. Yeah. Like I just was allowed to see everything from such a young age. And I think it, um, for me, it helped me just kind of grow into a really, really well-rounded person. I mean, everything you described requires a, imagination muscle Mm. to be flexed and that's what it sounds like is you were given access to use and expand your imagination for pleasure and joy expand that pure imagination yeah exactly oh Mm. i love that i love that um for show you were in what was it Bye bye birdie. I was uh Conrad, Conrad Birdie. Of course you were. Uh Conrad Birdie in fifth grade. Um <laughs> in my gold lemme suit with my <laughs> um with the head the glamour shots that were taken at the Boca Raton Town Center Mall um to hang all over the stage. Um and my mom got me a dirt bike to drive on stage with. Like it was quite the spectacular pr- production. So, um, h- how did a Jersey kid get cast in the Boca Raton Town Center production? Because I moved to Boca. Oh, okay, got it. I was like, were you were you found through like <laughs> like a a nationwide casting call? <laughs> yes, exactly. They were like seeking Conrad Birdie. Um, must be 10 years old and uh, preferably of New York descent. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, um, I moved when I was 10 years old to Boca Raton. Um, Pinecrest School is where I went and uh, Mm -hmm. they had community, uh, you know, they had um, extracurricular theater program. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, well, I, this might as well sign up for auditions and my favorite I love telling the story because uh when I was uh auditioning mm-hmm. you were like what song will you be singing I was like I'll be singing I was like I'll be singing wind beneath my wings my <laughs> bet midler and I was like okay and I was like I got to the part where I was like you are the wind beneath my wings and I remember the director going okay thank you so much and I was like fly <laughs> And they were like, thank you so much. And I was like, fly, fly against the sky. Like, I didn't stop. I did the whole song. You were like, um, we're ending on my downbeat. Yeah, I was like, no. I was Not like, on what yours. Are you, I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I have to sing the whole four-minute song because I had to do both bridges 
because why not? Why not? You, you you don't you don't you don't do sixteen bars of wind beneath my wings. When <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I had to do the bridge. Duh. Oh. I love, it. I love it. Was it the full production of Bye Bye Birdie or like a, a kid's junior version? Um, I'm pretty sure it was the full production. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, because it was uh whatever it was, it was all of middle school, so I guess it went to eighth grade. Wow. And you were only in fifth grade and you got the lead? Yeah, <gasps> I got the lead. I know. It was a big deal. <sighs> Whoa. It was a big deal. Uh, I remember I sang everything an octave up. <laughs> which was like terrifying. Like I can't imagine. I was like, I was like, there are chicks I'm just from some kissing, and I need to kiss me a few. Like that's crazy. I can't and, even imagine. And you were the new kid, so you got <laughs> the, the new lead. kid. Yeah. Oh my god! How many like twelve and a half prepubescent boys did you piss off by moving to town, <laughs> getting the lead, and stealing Conrad from under them? You don't know this, but I played Mrs. Peterson when I was 13. Work. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We have to revive it. Let's go. We do. We do. She, in my version, she was very Jewish. I love that. And she flirted a lot with Conrad. It was inappropriate. Oh, I love that. No, it's not inappropriate. I think it's part of it. It's built in. He's a sex mag. He's a sex magnet. He brings it out of everyone. Oh my god! Oh god! I'm dying. <laughs> Maybe it was appropriate because we were 13, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think it's fine. Whatever. I think there were just too many gyrations that I was like, you know, gyrating with. I think that was what was appropriate. Okay. I got it. Um. Oh my. I can't wait. Um, footage, please. <laughs> I love your your uh, your your false soprano. Yeah, it was like a like a little choir boy, like a British right. choir boy playing Conrad Verdi. Right, 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 right. Oh, so God. high. Why so high? Oh God! Oh God! This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, all right. First professional show. Um, Dora. I was Boots the Monkey and Dora the Explorer live. Uh, um, that was my first equity job and it was tour and, uh, Boots, Boots the Monkey and Dora the Explorer live. Dora's pirate adventure. There was the, there's had been several. So I was in that one. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, the most incredible experience ever um because i was the lead in a touring show 
Um, and it didn't matter that it was a children's show because uh, you still have a lead principal equity contract. So I had a principal equity contract and I got the craziest dressing rooms and like the craziest treatment with like dressers and things. Like I was like, I, I got, I, will I ever get back there? Like, will I ever get to that? Li-? Like literally I was like Dolly in Hello Dolly at like, at like 20. Right. So it was like 21 years old, right out of college. So it was so cool to have that star treatment at that age um and also get to play boots in such a fun show it was such a fun show and then also to be performing to sold out audiences and by sold out i mean we played radio city 12 shows to to 6000 screaming kids like yeah that's i was nuts i was going to say i i think that tour all those tours but specifically the early Dora tours played arenas I mean they played major major venues like the top venues in America yes we did and it was insane to be in some of those like historic venues um like I don't think we ever performed to under under 3,000 people which was crazy it was like, oh, no, we're not going to go to that state space. It's too small. And meanwhile, it was like the Winter Garden. Right. Like I was like, oh, yikes. Okay. So you were 21. You were the lead of this giant conglomerate. And, you know, yeah. and frankly, I don't care if you call it a kid show. It's a major brand. There's major mm-hmm. money behind it in terms of its production value and its its television history. It's a major brand in terms of audiences of all sorts of giant sizes paying real money for their tickets the the merch alone i'm sure could have like financed the rest of my life (laughs) so what sort of pressure did you feel what what sort of you know how was your confidence i mean you were you were a baby carrying that weight yeah i i was always super confident um, I think that was just a gift given to me by my grandfather to my mother to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I didn't really feel too much pressure in terms of like, I might fail. Um, and I was just so excited. I think that's what everyone always said to me. Like, even when I joined Mama Mia, uh, which was my next show, um, on Broadway, I like, everyone was always like, wow, he's just like so happy to be here. And I think that's what it was. I was just like so excited all the time. I think it was nauseating to some of the bitter, jaded actors that had been in the show for a long time. And by I think, I mean, I know it was nauseating (laughs) to them, Um, but I did never affected me. I was just always so happy to be doing it. And I remember my first show in San Antonio, Texas as Boots the Monkey. My mom came, um, she flew out to be with me. um, And I just... I loved it so much. Like it just, I remember, um, the, the, the lights I start. So I start the show on my head in the headstand upside Mm. down. Um, and then the curtain rises and it's just me on like this massive stage. So like even in radio city, it was like just me upside down on the whole radio city stage um kicking my legs um in a headstand. And you know, like that's the kind of thing too. Like I, you can't fall. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to do it. And well, you was, could, but you I mean, really you, shouldn't. But you really shouldn't. Like the curtain should not go up yeah. and it shouldn't just be your ass, you know, yeah. like staring at the audience because you fell. Right. <laughs> so that was, I think, the most pressure was having to hold the headstand 
while the curtain was going up until the curtain was totally up and then the music started and then I can move on. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was just fun. It was yeah. just so much fun. Um, I would definitely do it again, except that my body would break. That was a heavily, <laughs> heavily, tum- heavy tumble- tumbling track. Uh, I don't, I don't need to revisit that anytime soon. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm good. That's, that's for 21 year old Frankie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it there. How did yeah. you, how did you get cast? What was the process? Um, I went to, um, a chorus call. I, um, I mean a principal call. Um, I had, um, like, uh, no, actually I didn't book this through my agent. I didn't, I didn't really have anyone. I'm trying to remember now if I had a child agent, it's possible that I had a child agent, Mm. um, that I had got. Um, I know that this is, that um, she was the one that gave me the call from Mamma Mia, even though I went to an equity chorus call to book that. So I'm trying to think if it was an appointment or if it was something that I just went in. I would go to equity principal auditions a lot mm. um, in uh, college because I just thought it was fun. Like it was a cool thing to do. Yeah. So um, I went to this equity principal audition for Dora um, and then I got the call back and then I got the role. And I remember going back to college being like, should I take my equity card, uh, like right now, you know, and I sat down with the head of the theater department and he was like, well, Frankie, you're a biology major (laughs) as well as a theater and dance major. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, are you going to be, you know, wanting to do non-equity stuff or are you just going to want to go straight to Broadway? And I was like, well, if I don't go straight to Broadway, I'm going to go to med school. And he was like, great, then take your card. Yeah. Like, and I was like, okay. So I did. And so you didn't finish college? No, I did. It was actually my senior year when I booked it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And where were you for college? Um, Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yes, I know it. Yes, it's a great school. Unbelievable theater program, unbelievable dance program, and unbelievable biology department. I, I, I wish I could go back, to be honest. So is it safe to say that Dora was your sliding doors moment where I'd be talking to Dr. Frankie Grande right now if the job hadn't come in at that moment? I always say Mama Mia was um, because literally Boots happened right the millisecond I graduated. Uh Um, So I didn't get a chance to like go to New York and like hustle yet. Um, So basically I didn't even move until after tour. So nine months after I graduated, I was on tour with Dora and then I moved to New York um, and then the time that, that's when I like hit the stopwatch, yeah. it was like, you have one year to get onto Broadway, mm-hmm. um, from the time I moved to New York to the time I uh, booked Mamma Mia and I did it. I did it. Thank God. Cause I would, I would have been interested. I, mm, I know, I know a lot of doctors and I just have after, I love school. I really do. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have been as happy going to med school, but even that- though I definitely thought it was part of my calling for sure but that that was on the docket that was an actual idea that you, yeah wow uh-huh oh yeah I had my MCATs lined up like I was gonna take them I was complete I had all my pre-med classes done um so I, all I had to do is take my MCATs and then go to school and apply so it was like I was taking a year from when I graduated to get on Broadway and then I did and then I was like guess I'm not going to med school <laughs> My God. And that was your own self-imposed year. You know, no one said that to you. Like, we'll only pay for med school if you get on Broadway. You actually said, I'm giving myself one year. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I have a very pr- uh, practical family, you know, and they're all um, amazing. They know, they knew of my talent. They were very supportive of my talent, but they also never had a choice not to be because I was always so good at school. And that was the thing. Everyone's always like, was, was your mom like, like a stage mom or whatever? She was like, no, she was, she just let me do whatever I wanted as long as I was coming home with straight A's. You know, like she was like, uh, you're, she came to all my shows. She was the best cheerleader on the planet. Um, but like, as long as I kept bringing home the A's, there was nothing that anyone could say to be like, you know what? You should probably stop with that theater stuff. Yeah. Cause then I'd be like, why? And they're like, actually we have no reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing to say to you because you have, you have a 4.0 GPA and you're in more classes of courses than anyone else in your class. So uh, I right. guess go ahead, keep going. <laughs> You're like, I'm also a scientist, so I'm asking for proof that I can't do this, and you're not providing it, so I'm going to continue to act and be in theater. Exactly. So there was never really a conversation. It was always just kind of like, well, I guess you're going to just do what you want uh, until it doesn't work. And basically, it was like, until one avenue stops leading somewhere, I will continue to go down all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dr. Grande. Yeah, right. I love it. I love it. You mentioned your grandfather a few minutes ago. You said the confidence that my grandfather had that went to my mother that went to me. What was he a performer? What what was he, what, what where was his confidence manifested that made you see that and feel that? Well, grandpa kind of uh, was a self-made man, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And, uh, you know, he started with nothing and created kind of like, you know, the Grande Empire um, all by himself uh, mm-hmm. within a period of a few years of just unbelievable hard work in New York city. Um, and, uh, he was a businessman, which was, you know, amazing then turned into, he was a so, so salesman turned businessman turned venture capitalist. Mm. Um, and he did it all himself. Uh, but there was this, this a level of confidence that it takes to do that, you know, to walk up to, um, some of the highest people in the business and, and say, you know, I'm the best person for this. Like I'm the best person for this job with no credentials to back it up. Um, and then have watching him like step into the own legacy that he created, um, and then passing it on to my mother. Um, and then who then passed it on to me in terms of our work ethic, our, our desire to be, um, the best and our knowledge that we can be the best, you know, probably, um, before having achieved it, which I think is something that you can't teach. Like for me, it just feels like it's in our blood. You know, like we always showed up as if we had already achieved the thing that we were attempting to achieve. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, um, I think it's an excellent leadership skill. I think Mm. it's what you'd find a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs to, you know, whether they can identify that within themselves or not. I think they would all subscribe to that way of thinking and being um, Mm. because that is what you need to accomplish the unaccomplishable. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, my mom always taught me like never, like the only way to get to, to some place is to believe that you already belong there. And I think that that's how I've always lived my life, which is cool. Yeah. Fake it till you make it. It's pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Fake it till you make it. It's like, no, it's like, you're not allowed back there. And it's like, no, I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, oh, okay, you're right. Actually, you are. I was yeah. like, thank you. 
Is, yeah. it, is that how you got backstage to the Elton John concert at age seven? Is you were like, that's how I, I got. That's how I got backstage everywhere when I was a kid. Everywhere I would walk straight backstage <laughs> of any theater. I remember doing it so clearly um, to um, an Annie Get Your Gun with Bernadette Peters. Yes, there was there that. was a stage. There was a door at the marquee on the right, which with one usher guarding, and I just walked straight through, and he let me walk right by because I just had so much confidence. I just like literally was like, I was like, hello, opened the door, walked in, waited outside Bernadette Peters' dressing room until she came out. <laughs> I can't speak to post-COVID times, but in pre-COVID times, <laughs> listeners, that's the trick to getting backstage in a Broadway house. Just, just walk. pretend you <laughs> look like you belong. Yeah, just look like you belong and walk. Like, it's like literally like- Don't you know, run. I was like, Don't yeah. <laughs> no. Walk. And just and greet the and greet the guard, greet the right. usher. Just like, hey, good to see you. Open, right. walk, walk straight through. Right. Uh, you know, same thing with the VIP, uh, yeah, with the VIP section lunch. in a club. Yeah. You know, just go. <laughs> just oh like, yo, God. man, good to see you, man. I'm All with right. the band. I'm with the band. Yeah, are, are you opening this or am I stepping over? Like, come on. <laughs> Oh my God. I love that. Oh, your grandfather sounds amazing. Is he still with us? No, he passed away um, of uh, cancer a few years back. I was actually, it's 2016 when I was on Big Brother. Mm. 14? 15? Oh my God. What year is it? There's three days in a week, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Don't even talk to me about three years ago. 14. 14 is 14. Okay, good. Oh my God. Um, well, wow. I'm glad you have that lineage and you are who you are. So we get to be in your life. That's thank you. I'm happy you are in my life too. Cool. Fourth Mm. question is a question, you know, quite well, it's Mm. dream time. Yeah. If you could be in any show anywhere at any time, even in history, what would it be? Well, I've never really opened the parameters uh, like that whenever I get asked this question. So I feel like now I need to like continue with my scope. Like, you know, I think a dream role for me right now that I like desperately want to do is Hedwig. Like I Mm. I have to play Hedwig somewhere at some point at some time. Um, And I think that would be so fun and so amazing. Let's see if it was any time. Um, okay, let's see. Can I say that my dream role is Alphaba? Yes. Okay, good. That's what I want. I mean, because I never really, I'm always like, what role could I actually play like tomorrow? But like, if I could, ne- like, I want to actually play Alphaba one day. I want it in my key and I want to like scream Defying Gravity. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be so fun. Yeah, but I, 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 I kind of believe your key is the key <laughs> based on how we know you, you sing uh, mezzo soprano. My chest goes to a C and I think that belt goes to like a D or an E. So I would just need a slight adjustment. Is that's it, all. Is it a slight but yeah, I can belt a C on a real good day. So that's, that's fine. We could, we just maybe one, one step. Oh. Give me like one step, maybe a step and a half. It depends on if it's an E. If it's an E, we need to take it to a C. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. I think it's an E. So two steps down. Perfect. Ready to go. I love it. I love it. Steven Arimas, call me. Let's go. <laughs>
He's listening. Let's go. He's a big Come fan. On, Steven. I love Steven so much. He loves the show. He's a huge fan of it. I don't think he's ever heard of it, but you know, maybe he will. But I'll text it to him when it comes out and then he'll hear it. And then he'll be like, oh, you want to play Alphabet? No idea. I'll, I'm working on the arrangements right now to lower it for two, two steps. I love it. I love it. So those are our four questions, but we do have a surprise section what? of the show. I know. I know. It is a lightning round. What? Uh-huh. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the name of the lyric, and you are going to tell me the name of the musical. <gasps> oh, my God. This is so fun. Ready? Uh-huh. Go. It only takes a moment for your eyes to meet, and then your heart. Um, uh, hello, Dolly. Perfect. Walk on through the wind, walk on through the rain, though your dreams What is wrong with me? I can't think of the show that it's from. Not a merry-go-round. Oh, carousel. Everybody loves a winner, so nobody loves me. Lady peaceful, lady happy. That's what I long to be. All the Uh, odds uh, are in my uh, favor. Cabaret, cabaret. Somebody crowd me with love. Somebody forced me to care. Somebody, company. Yes. Okay. Well, someone tell me when is it my turn? Don't I get a dream for dream myself? myself? Starting now, it's got to be my to gypsy. Exactly. You did great. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> You got oh every my one of them. God, I got all of them. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Frankie, you produced a couple Broadway shows. Will, will yes. you tell me like how that happened and how you got into that and what that was like for you? Yes. Um, I um, had a, a friend who I went to Pinecrest with um, who had always who had taken the producing track. Um, and so when I was making the decision to leave Mamma Mia, um, because, oh my God, I was in it for three years. And, um, I mean, I know people stay in that show for eight, nine, 13 years. Uh, I wasn't, that wasn't for me. I, I'm not a get stagnant kind of guy, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, let's what's next. You know, three years was a beautiful time to be in that show. Um, so I left. Um, and when I was doing that, I was just like assuming I was going to book another Broadway show. Um, but I got sidetracked by my friend who was like, do you want to produce Hamlet with Jude law? And I was like, yes, I do. Like, of course I do. Like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Um, and so I, you know, raised the money to become a, you know, partner on that show. And it was an amazing roller coaster. And then I did the same thing for La Bette. And La Bette was, you know, so Hamlet was a mega hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Bette was a mega wash, but critically, mm-hmm. unbelievably well received. Right. Um, and then I did Born Yesterday, which was a mega flop. So I had my whole <laughs> product, like I had my whole producer experience in three, yeah. in like two and a half years, I would say. Yeah. And then I was like, great, I did that. <laughs> I was like, cool. I, a, I was a Broadway producer. I had my hit. My my, my critically acclaimed t- Tony nominated magic and then my flop. And I was like, wonderful. Got to go. You did your uh, megas. You did yeah. I got megas. my, I got my megas and I was like, that's good. We're, we're out of there. Um, got so it was it. quick. Got it. Got it. And do you feel like you want to turn return to that? Um, I think what I want to do now more is more uh, producing in film and TV. So when you're producing in film and TV, you sometimes you're the writer. Sometimes you're, you know, if you're the executive producer of a television show, then you're very involved. You created it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, that's the kind of thing that I want to be more involved in. 
it feels like it can really happen for you, frankly, and it it feels like a logical next step for you. So that actually makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I can't wait to watch your first film. Yay! <laughs> can't wait. Invite me to the premiere. <laughs> Yay! Oh my god! Please, I will. I'll, you'll be there. I can't uh, wait. Good, good. Well, this was so incredible. Um, I really loved hearing about your beginnings and I love just being cheered up for an hour with you. So thank yeah, you for that. Thank you. And um, um, get through this stop on the roller coaster, whatever this next couple months is for you. Um, yeah. And then you'll be back at it with hugging strangers, which I can't wait to do too. Yeah. You're an utter delight, Frankie. Thank you for this today. And thank you. Keep shining bright, please. Thank you. You too. Shine bright like a Frankie. And people throw shade, shine bright or go grind or go home. Peace. Bye. Hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look, and you'll see. My First Show is produced by Josh Altman, MEP, Dory Berenstein, and Alan Seals, and is part of the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode was edited by Derek Gunther. Special thanks to Leslie Papa and Whitney Holden-Gore at Vivacity Media Group. For more info about the podcast, visit bpn.fm backslash myfirstshow. Follow me on Instagram at Eva R. Price. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it, want to change the world, there's nothing to it. No life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be
Who compare with pure imagination Living there You'll be free If you truly Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.